Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah. Uh, the physical and mental The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions It's rap shit I licked it I ain't about to knock it This whole summer I was buying all the winter product And I tried being peaceful But my peace was getting bothered So no doubt we got them eagles We go Carson Wentz, Stefani Okay, 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 okay What's going on ladies and gentlemen It's your boy Eric Lyons Yes indeed Welcome to episode Where we at? Hold up, hold on, I'm messing up, I'm messing up, I'm messing up Forgive me, it's been almost a month, alright, forgive me But I believe this is episode 117 Yes indeed, this is episode 117 of Electrified Wow, is it good to be back, man It's great to be back First of all, we got a new theme song Alright, that right there, still Wale, that's Wale uh, That's a new track he literally just dropped last night Lions, Bengals, and Bears. When I saw the cover art, I said, Oh, this is going to be one of those. Yes, I'll have that for the new theme song for the podcast. So we are officially retiring Heisman Watch as the official uh, theme song for Electrified. And now we have Lions, Bengals, and Bears by Wale. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a new month, right? I haven't talked to you guys in, uh, since October. Uh, new month. We got a new president elect. And Joe Biden, a lot has changed since we last spoke. All right, I missed some football weeks, miss miss some things. All right, miss a lot of things. All right, I'm good now. I hope everybody else is good. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about myself because I really, I really want to get. We really do have a jam packed show. We have a lot to get through. So let's start off with Week Nine in the NFL. Let's just let's start there and then work our way. Through the show because we got a lot to get through. We're going to talk about what's my, my Packers now. When I when I came up and I wanted to talk about my Packers, this was before we played the 49ers Now, some of the, what I had to say it's a little more relaxed. I'm not as angry as I was at the trade deadline than I am now, so it'll be a little relaxed. Um, then we're going to talk about the media perception. Of different players, different situations, stuff like that. You already know where I'm trying to. I'm going to take you guys with that one. I've been seeing some things, um, the MVP race, and then we're getting to some heavy, heavy in the boxing. I'm going to recap um, Tank versus Leo for you guys. Uh, I know that's you know old news, but you guys didn't hear it from me. I'm going to talk about what's going on with Tank and Devin Haney. And that boy Canelo is a free agent, man. He's a free agent. I think we're going to wrap up with the NBA start date. So uh, let's start off with week nine, what I saw, what I learned, what's going on. And, I mean, we it was a lot. It was some good, great games. Even last night's game was good. And I didn't even plan on watching that game. It was the 2-5 and five New England Patriots and the 0-9. Uh, I mean, excuse me, now 0-9, but the formerly 0-8. New York Jets and I'm just like who wants to watch that game and then I'm like alright well Flacco's playing I'm like, I love still love Joe Flacco and he had a hell of a first half uh, the Jets you know they eventually unraveled and um, lost that game by a field goal but I said this on Twitter I think I said it in a group message it's a 2-5 and five New England team 0-8 Jets team on Monday night and I was glued to my seat I watched that whole game Glue to my seat. Glue to my seat. This is why football is the spirit. Uh, this is spirit. Wow, I can't speak English. All right, it's been almost a month, and I lo- I forgot how to speak the language. It, it, that's why football is a superior. Wow, I can't say. What am I trying to say? Superior. There we go. Goodness gracious, that was beat my ass. Suspicious. <laughs> Do it again. I keep. Sp- I keep wanting to say suspicious. <laughs> Suspe- oh my god This really pissed me off Superior sport That's what that's what, that's what it was It was the Superior And sport Coming right after it So and my, I was skipping through I wanted to say It was like But it was a Superior sport There we go All right, we're not, I'm not going to say that Ever again In the same You know what I mean I'm going to put a space Then I'm going to say so, so I'm doing it Oh my god Alright I'm about to have an aneurysm Superior Superior Dot, 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 sport, alright That's why football is just better than everything else But football is better than basketball Because like I was saying, last night I'm like, dog, if the 
the Wizards are what? 20 and something like you know they only won 10 games and the, the nets only won eight games at the and, and it's ju- nobody's watching that game nobody's watching tra- two trash nba teams i don't think so i don't think everybody's and not in prime time i don't think anybody's gonna watch the game but last night we watched two teams that are not really in it you know nobody's thinking about them and they took off and had a great game so i am I am excited about that. Uh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I was impressed at the game last night. The game was great. I enjoyed the game. Definitely, definitely enjoyed the game last night. Uh, so my point was that I believe that basketball, I mean, wow, football is better than basketball in the sense that we can enjoy two trash football teams give us an entertaining game rather than watching two trash basketball teams. But, hey, that's just, that's just my, my thing. Uh, but you know who's not trash? In the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are not trash. Uh, they are exactly who I said they they would be. I told you guys this before the season started. When I came in here for the NFL kickoff show, I told you guys who would be coming out of the AFC East and how they would do it. Granted, it's November. Things can change drastically in the NFL. We know this. But the Buffalo Bills seem like they have figured things out at 6-2. and two. Um, they beat the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. Um, um, excuse me, on Sunday. Beat the Seattle Seahawks Sunday afternoon. And Josh Allen went nuts. Also, my condolence to Josh Allen, his family. He lost his grandmother over the weekend and ended up playing a, a hell of a game on Sunday. He had um, 415 yards, three touchdowns, no interception with a QBR of 138.5. Listen, this, 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 this uh, Buffalo Bills team, has proved to me that they are a legit threat in the AFC. Now they have, you know, losses to the Chiefs and the Titans, but you know, regular season losses, you know, you just take that with a grain of salt uh, because you know the Ravens have lost to the Chiefs, and I still put the Ravens up there with the best of the the best of the best in the AFC. I'm not I'm not putting the Ravens out of that because they lost to the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not taking the Bills nothing away from the Bills either. I believe that this football team is still a great football team, and I think they are definitely proving themselves to be in the upper echelon of the AFC. I think that this defense, who hasn't really been that solid this year, made Russell Wilson. You know, he just he, he had turnovers. They forced turnovers uh, on Sunday, and that was big. That was big. But this team, they proved that they can play with the best. You know, they, they went up against a Seahawks team that people are calling um, a Super Bowl contender, a team that could come out of the NFC. And we're going to talk about the NFC. But, you know, this is a great game. They went up against an MVP candidate, and they, they proved themselves yesterday. I think a lot of people still had doubts about the Bills because, at the you know, it's the Bills and – you know, but I think we can't say, oh, it's the Bills anymore because the Bills have arrived. And I saw this last year. I saw it last year. I saw it coming. I did. I saw it coming. So, shout out to the Bills, man. Uh, let's see. Let's stay in the AFC. want to stay in the AFC. Where are we going to go at in the AFC, though? We can go to the – let's go to the West, man. Let's go to the AFC West. The poor Chargers. The, the L.A. Chargers, man, that's really sad. The way that they're losing these games, I'm not putting it all on Anthony Lynn. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put it all on Anthony Lynn. I don't think that's that's not that's unnecessary, and I don't I don't feel like we need to do that, and I don't think the the Chargers fans should be doing that. But two and six, and I I think they're the best two and six team in football. From missed field goals, turnovers, you know, blown leads, bad calls. This is a football team whose six losses have have been by one possession. They've lost by anywhere to one point to eight points. All six times. When 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 we talk about teams, oh, they could be this. Like like me, you know, my fantasy team, quite frankly, I could be like honestly, I beat myself twice this year. I mean, of course, you're not lost, but I think my fantasy team could be where am I at right now? Five and four. I think I could be seven and two. I had, you know, some fire on my bench that I didn't start. That's coach's error. That's on me. That's not my players. I'm not going to blame it on my players. But speaking of my fantasy team, I'm five and four, by the way. Five and four. 
feeling good about myself. Prime position. Couple games left, controlling my own destiny. But that's neither here nor there. Point I'm trying to make here is when you talk about teams who, oh, they have this record, but these two losses, they could have been wins. This could have been. All six of those losses could have been wins. Like, legit could have been wins. Like, this is this is a football team that could be 8-0. Could you imagine if we were dealing with the 8-0 Chargers right now? First place. Herbert, guaranteed rookie of the year. Anthony Lynn looks like a genius. Coach of the year candidate. But no. No, 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 no. Two and six. Two and six. That's just crazy to me. I've never, I don't think I've seen a team have this many misfortunes in one season. Like, what happened? What's going on out there? What did you guys do before the season started to cause this problem? Like, what is going on? So they lose the game, and the way they lost, when I saw the way they lost, I was just like, well, what is this? It begs the question, what is a catch? What is a catch? I feel like we've been trying to figure this out for at least the last five, six years. Um, from Lee Evans to Dez Bryant, what is a catch? What is a catch? What is a catch? Because yesterday, I'm excuse, I keep saying yesterday, Sunday, Marcus Peters caught, uh, I'm doing air quotes right now, caught an interception that looked like a Madden glitch. I don't know when he had possession of the ball and, you know, when he fell in the ball. He never caught it. And they called it an interception. So the Ravens got away with one. And the NFL officials just made me more confused because what exactly is a catch? I, and I feel like we deal with this every season, every off season, and, and nothing gets done. This is one of the things, you know, you, you want to tweak rules and, and throw flags and, and, and review certain things. But this is one thing that we need more clear um, explanations and more distinct language on what exactly is a catch. You know, we know about the football moves, the three steps, all that good stuff. But what about the possession? Like, cause what I saw, yes, uh, Sunday, I don't know. That looked like a catch to me. It looked like the Lee Evans thing. He caught it two feet, and then as he was going down, out of bounds, the ball bobbled. I feel like once you establish yourself, this is for the red zone, I mean the end zone specifically. When you catch the ball in the end zone, you secure it, Two feet in bounds, no defensive, um, no 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 defensive hand, no no defensive play, and you fall out of bounds. That's a catch. I think if you secure it in bounds, whatever happens when you fall out of bounds shouldn't matter. I could be wrong, but I think that should be what it is. I don't I don't understand how when you secure the ball inside, nobody touches it. You just fall outside of the pylon. I mean, outside of the uh, field of play, and the ball comes out. How is that no longer catch if it's secure in the in in the end zone? In bounds, I, I just don't get that. That I don't, I don't understand. But the officials, you know, they don't surprise me anymore with their uh, the negligence and their just ruining of the game, spoiling of the game. I watched a lot of football over this weekend. And I saw a lot of penalties that just should not have been called penalties. A lot of it was just football. Prime example, last night, a guy on the Jets came off the blitz clean. Cam didn't see him. I did. And came and smacked him. All contact directly to the shoulder. Cam's head just happened to snap back. Now, we all know Cam Newton is a big guy, and he's a tall guy. This, This defender was not that tall. So... When he went to tackle him, he came from under him. He came from under him, got under his shoulder pads, Cam's head snapped back, they throw a flag. And the impact was violent. He smacked him. He smacked him pretty good. It was a hell of a hit, right? So watching that, it's like, what do you want these defenders to do? What do you want them to do? This goes back to last week. I'm gonna once I finish talking about last night, I wanna go back to last Thursday. Was that Thursday? Monday. One of those, I'll, 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 I'll figure it out. But it's like, all right, you don't want them to go low. You get a, you get a penalty for going too low, and then you'll, you'll, you'll end up, you know, seriously hurting somebody. You go low enough. We saw that over the weekend. Can't hit him low. Try to hit him mid. He's a big guy. He could, you know, brush you off. 
You got to hit them high. You're coming free. You are coming free. There's no time to think about, oh, man, I don't want to get a flag here. How should I? It's football. You don't. These things happen fast. These things happen fast. Now, going back to last week, the Bucks and the Giants game, this, this, this was a call that ended up being crucial to the game. I think it was not Gronk. It wasn't Gronk. Somebody else on that. Somebody else on that Bucks team, I think. Got the ball, and he lowered his head. He lowered his head. He initiated the contact. He he brought the boom to the Giants defender. Who did they call the unnecessary roughness helmet the helmet on? The Giants defender. I feel like that's something that's easily reviewable. I feel like that's a play that should be reviewed. If you can if you can't see clear as day as a ref who initiated contact, what are we doing? Like if a if an offensive player lowers their head and goes directly into the defender, what are they supposed to do? Get out of the way? At that point, they're going to protect themselves, and however they do it, it'll be on the defender because they, I mean, excuse me, on the um, the um, offensive player because they led with their head. That's not, whatever happens after that, that's on them. It should be free game after that. I'm not saying meet them head to head and break your damn neck and paralyze yourself. I'm just saying whatever contact happens after that was initiated by the offensive player so why isn't the flag on them i didn't understand that same thing not the same thing two different plays two different actions but neck my guy neck <laughs> we call him neck um the linebacker for the cowboys cal vander ash because he got that goddamn neck roll on and he always got neck problems so neck he you know he he, he made a tackle against the steelers Another crucial call that helped the Steelers win that game yesterday. Yeah, I said what I said. Give the refs a game ball, Pittsburgh, to help you stay undefeated. But Cal Vanderash made a hell of, you know, he made a tackle. And the running back was, you know, he had Vanderash face mask. Had his face mask the entire time. So he's on the ground. He still has his face mask. So Vanderash was pissed off about it and, like, you know, smacked his face mask. Flags get thrown. You know, they all in his face, but, you know, neck walked away. And who was the flag on? You got it, people. Not the aggressor, but the retaliator. I don't I don't get that. If 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 the opposing player starts it, whatever happens after that, I shouldn't get penalized for it to a certain extent. I'm not saying whoop somebody's ass out there. But like, yo, if it's a ticky tack thing, please come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. There's no need for that. I don't get it. I don't get that. That I can't I can't agree with. Can't agree with some of the decisions that these refs make out here. I just feel like some flags, you know, can be picked up or just at all. You know what I mean? I just that's that's just how I feel about certain uh penalties. Uh let's see. Speaking of the Steelers game, you know, they remain undefeated. Uh I will say Sunday played a part in that. I don't care. Uh you know, but you know, Steelers are the last undefeated team in football right now. And they they look good. They look good. They look like a complete football team. Uh, you know, I think they got the Chiefs this week, right? They played the Chiefs this week? Let's see, what's this week ten? Hold on. Uh yeah. No lies. That's lies. That's that's a lie. That's a lie. When do they play the Chiefs? Do they even they don't play the Chiefs this year? Why am I thinking that? Who told me that? Cap. Fake news. The Bengals and the Steelers play this weekend. Right, because I said that they didn't play that they don't play anybody hard this year. That's why that's why they're still undefeated. Their schedule wasn't that tough. Right. Yeah, I don't know where I where my who told me that? My mom. My mom told me they play the damn Chiefs. They don't play the Chiefs. Let's see. The Steelers got the Bengals this weekend. Alright. But yeah, the, you know the Steelers they have a they have an easy schedule. The schedule isn't hard, right? But you got to look. They've been winning close games. Their last three games, they won by one possession. A win is a win. But all I'm saying is just let's just they're not they they only blew the Browns out. 
You know, they're not they're not smoking teams. They're winning football games. Look at they're winning football games. They're not dominating teams, so they can be beat. You know, they can be beat. You got look. They got the Bengals, the Jags, and they play the Ravens on Thanksgiving night. And I hope you know the Ravens. They gotta they gotta they gotta get them back for what they did. They came to the bank. And, and was in the locker room dancing and posting on social media. You got to get them back. But I'm looking at their schedule here. All I see is a date with the Bills. And that is a Sunday night game in Buffalo. I'll be there. I'll be tapped into that. That's going to be, that. That's a possible AFC championship game preview right there. The way the season looking right now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh. I, I said that Pittsburgh will be back this year. And I, I knew I, I, I'm i still picking them. I, like I said, my preseason picks aren't going to change. I'm still taking the Steelers to win in the, the AFC North, for sure. Um, shout out to Mike Tomlin, man. 14 seasons, no losing seasons, most winning black coach in football history. That's tough. First ballot Hall of Famer, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about the NFC East, man. The NFC East is a mess, bro. It's a mess. So the Washington football team may have to play Haskins again because uh, Kyle Allen, I saw that play live. Oh, my goodness. His ankle was like just flopping around. It it didn't look good. It did not look good at all. And I knew it. I knew it was going to. It knew it was. When I saw the play happen, I knew it was bad. And um, then Alex Smith had to come on the field and they ended up losing that game. So that happens. So now you take Alex Smith to number one. Dwayne Haskins is probably going to be number two. So we got that going on with the Washington football team. And then Dallas is clear that Dallas, you know, they need Dak. Man. Dak, that offense starts with Dak. It's obvious now. If, if they didn't know before, they know now. Pay that, man. Giants can still get rolling. And honestly, man, just pray for the Eagles. Everybody just keep the Eagles in prayer. Keep the Eagles in prayer. Keep Philly and, the, and all their fans in prayer. Because I have no clue what's going on there. That's just the NFC East in a nutshell, though. In a nutshell. And um, what else did I see over the weekend? You know how we were all sad about, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick losing his job? And, man, two or two or two are looking good. Two straight. Two are looking good. I can't say I'm upset. I can't say I'm upset. Cannot say I'm upset. What else we got before I move on? Oh! How could I forget Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen? Tom Brady. So, man, th- this is the guy that was in the MVP conversation. I heard it. I heard it. I heard media t- talking about Tom Brady in the MVP conversation. Look what he's doing at his, at his age. Oh, yeah, look, look, look. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing, please. Look what he's doing, man. Look what he's doing. Dog, he was in the pocket Sunday night looking like a damn statue just stuck and getting smacked around all night by the Saints. That's exactly how Brett Favre looked in that NFC title game. Vikings Saints when they had the bounty on that man. That's exactly what it looked like. He was just getting just bullied all night. Throws were off schedule. Missed Gronk on the whole, you know, on a on a wide open Gronk, all Gronk had to do was catch him in stride, but he overthrew him. And then Gronk, you know, Gronk just looked like the damn tin man out there, just robotic as hell. His shoulder hurt. He should have just went on the stage with the WWE. It wasn't even no need for you to come on back, buddy. Wasn't no need for that. Then you got AB following Brady on down there. He didn't do a damn thing on Sunday night. They just activated him. And you look at this, you know. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense in, in its totality. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. Now you got A.B. But still, somehow, Brady manages to get Scotty Miller a 110-yard, uh, two-touchdown games on any given night. Why? How? How do you, you know, uh, apparently you not having weapons up in New England was a problem. So you don't have weapons in New England. Your, your number one, your 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 um your wide receiver one is Julian Edelman. But then you come down to Tampa Bay and you find Julian Edelman south and Scotty Miller and you just make him your number one target. But you got Mike Evans 
Godwin and Gronk, and this is who you choosing to throw to on a weekly basis. This type, and and that you know, it comes down to chemistry and just too much talent, too much potential, but no substance. This is what the Cleveland Browns last year looked like. Still, to this, you know, still what they look like. But when you know it first happened with Odell and Landry, all that happened at the same time, and the Kareem Hunt, it's just like, whoa, look at this Browns team. They going to the site. They ain't going no damn well. And I feel like that's what's going on right here. Y'all told me AB was the last Infinity Stone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, I don't think so. He looked. Did he? Did anybody else think AB looked hella small out there, or was it just me? I didn't bring that up in the group message, but I swear he he looked like a kid out there. He didn't look like a professional football player. So that's that's going on, and 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 then you know staying on Brady because I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna keep smoking him. It's just like, bro. Y'all remember when, before LeBron, you know, when he signed with L.A. And before he signed with L.A., y'all told me, you know, LeBron wouldn't win in the West. Then, you know, he signed with the Lakers. It's like, all right, it ain't going to be easy. He going to fail. All right, barring, you know, the injury. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's what everybody was saying. He wasn't going to win nothing, right? Y'all told me LeBron wasn't going to do nothing in the West. You know, numbers were going to be down, blah, blah, blah. All right, he was going to lose in the West. Cool. Let me tell y'all something. The way y'all thought Braun was going to play in the West and how y'all thought things was going to go in the West, that's Tom Brady's reality. <laughs> Leaving the AFC East, you know, going down to the NFC South, it ain't sweet down there. It ain't sweet in the NFC. So the way y'all thought Braun was going to be in the West is exactly what Brady is looking like in the NFC right now. This is his reality. It's only going to get harder, too. Um, you know, the Saints and swept y'all. They didn't swept y'all. They didn't show y'all who run the South. And uh, they, they didn't show y'all now. And Oh, but hold on. Shout out to Mike Evans, though. Won me my fantasy, t- fantasy game by three points. And shout out to the Saints defense for just disbarring uh, Ronald Jones Jr. out of the game and just making Gronky irrelevant, who I was also playing against. Um, I had the Titans bench. I mean, Titans defense on my bench. They went off. So I'm glad I won or I would have been pissed. I was pissed at a lot of things over this weekend that I didn't do. One of those things was not putting a two-game parlay on Indiana over Michigan and Maryland over Penn's, Penn State. I knew. I knew. Going all week, I knew. And I didn't lay the bet. It's all right, though. Wasn't in the cards for me. But it is what it is. But listen, man. Shout out to Mike Evans, won me my fantasy game. I love I love winning like that. Five and four, two straight victories. Let's go, let's go. December is coming. Winter is coming. Yes, indeed. Uh, what's that all I have for week nine? Wrap up. Yes, indeed. All right. Let's see. Where to next? Where to next? Um, should I talk about the Packers or should I go to the media? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll get the Packers thing out of the way. Damn, we what, 28 minutes in? Yeah, let's talk about the Packers. All right, so we all know at the trade deadline, you know, everybody was talking about Will Fuller to Green Bay. Will Fuller to Green Bay made a lot of sense. You look at the receiving core, you know, we all know the Packers situation. We all know. We all know this. Is, we, we don't have to keep reiterating it. You know, they, they draft Jordan Love. They go out. They, they sign Devin Funches. He opts out. Uh, you have injuries here. We all know the story about the Packers receiving core. But I want to tell you guys, this is, once again, these numbers, everything I'm going through, this was before the game on um, this was before the game on Thursday night. All right, so let's just look. Once again, pre-Thursday night stats. All right, so I'm going to break it down for you. Devontae Adams, 58 targets, 43 catches, 502 yards, 7 touchdowns, and 5 games. Um, MVS, 35 targets, 16 catches, 261 yards, one touchdown, seven games played. Um, third, the third highest receiver on the team, third, you know, third in targets and everything. It's not a receiver. It's Aaron Jones, 28 targets, 18 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns, five games played. Number four, 
Tight end, Robert Tanyan, 27 targets, 23 catches, 309 yards, 5 touchdowns, 7 games played. Hell of a tight end, by the way. Who was next? Another uh, running back. Jamal Williams, 25 touches, um, 25 targets, excuse me, 13 catches, and then 254 yards, 2 touchdowns, 3 games played. I mean, excuse me, not 3 games played, 7 games played. Um... Wow, I read the wrong line. All right, hold on. <laughs> 25 targets, 23 catches, 183 yards, zero touchdowns, seven games played. Then now, Alan Lazard, who should be coming back at any minute now. It might be this week, actually. That would be nice. Who's been injured? He hasn't played a game since week three. Week three or four. That Saints game. Hasn't played a game since he had that hell of a game against the Saints. 25 targets. Still hasn't played since then. Still, more targets than Sternberger, Irvin, Lewis, Shepard, and EQ. Still more. Still more. 17 targets, 13 catches, 254 yards, two touchdowns, and three games played. He was on his way to having a breakout, the breakout year that I told you guys he was going to have this year. Now, if he is truly fully healthy, I'm still putting my money on him still. And, you know, he's going to have a hell of a December you know, hopefully in November, but December, January, however far we go, Alan Lazard is going to be a big target for us, I promise. But, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, of course, there's there's a clear, like I said, I've been saying this for, you know, what, since last year, maybe two years now, there's obviously a big drop-off between Devontae Adams and the rest of the receivers, receivers on the Green Bay Packers. We all know this. Outside of Alan Lazard, who I have complete faith in, and once again, this was before the 49ers game, um, we saw, you know, we saw some good things from the receivers um, in that game. But talent, you know, and um, stats-wise, we all know there's a big drop-off between uh, Devontae Adams, you know, and, and, and them not having a legit number two receiver. Then you look at Will Fuller's stats, Texas Will Fuller, once again, before all of this weekend happened, this was... 47 targets, 31 catches, 490 yards, and five touchdowns. So if Will Fuller was on the Packers right now, he would be second in everything. Second in everything. You know, Tay is you know Tay is wide receiver one. We know that. We do. Um, told you guys Lazard was off to a great start. You know, gets hurt. Will be, you know, he'll be great, you know, great to have him back when he gets back. Um, you look at the second receiver, right? You look at MVS. It's before, you know, once again, everything is before Thursday night. Second receiver and in, 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 in number of targets, and he only has caught 45% of his targets and scored one touchdown. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You got running backs being targeted more than tight ends and wide receivers. You know, Will Fuller would have been a certified number two on the team. He wouldn't have taken the top off the defense. He would have. He, he would have, you know. It's like outside of Tay, who who are receivers, who are defensive coordinators getting ready for in the receiving core? Because more than likely, they're, they're planning for Aaron Jones, um, you know, Jamal Williams, guys coming out of the backfield catching passes, not guys lining up. Catching passes That's you know That's not what they're looking for That's not what they're planning for These Devontae Adams And then who else You know what I mean That's the, that's the difference between Green Bay and a lot of teams Um, Look man I can't Look I'm not gonna lie to you I don't really want to do this. I'm good now. I'm I'm comfortable I know what it I, I, I'm at peace At what the, where the Packers are right now I was gonna kill the defense, the run defense. I was gonna, I was gonna kill them. I was gonna kill them. I was gonna kill them. I was gonna come in here. I was gonna kill the organization. So I'll save all that animosity for later, a later time if I ever need it again. So let's hope I don't. But just know, man, I was gonna kill these boys um, before Thursday night. I was. I'm not saying that that win over the broke down as 49ers put me at ease because it didn't. I just don't think I need to do that anymore. That's that's just how I feel. I feel better um, for some reason. So let's just move on from that. Let's just, you know, move on. Let's move, let's move on. Recount the votes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop the count. 
Alright. I'm done. Alright. So look, let's look at the MVP race. So before I get started, I do want to say that I'm not putting Dalvin Cook on this list because the Vikings are not winning right now. They're not. They're not winning. They've won games. They beat us. Hell, they beat us, beat Lions, but they're not in a position where I'm like, okay, somebody on that team could be MVP of the year. You can't do that with a losing record, in my opinion. So right now, it's going to be four quarterbacks, two from the AFC, two from the NFC. So starting off, Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't surprise me this year. He may have surprised a lot of people, but he didn't surprise me. I knew Josh Allen was going to come into the season and pick up where he left off in that playoff game. I saw some things that I liked from Josh Allen last season. He's taking care of the ball more, not only on in the air, but on the ground as well. And I'm just impressed with how, you know, the leap that he made from last season to this season is just incredible, man. And I've really, really enjoyed watching Josh Allen play football. So when you see me with a Josh Allen jersey, it's not because I'm on a Josh Allen bandwagon. It's because over the summertime when I was buying hella jerseys, they didn't have the Josh Allen jersey I wanted. But let me tell you something. When your boy is broke and don't have no money, all of a sudden everything he wants comes to fruition because now the red color rush, the red Bills jerseys are all of a sudden available. But when I wanted one over the summer, they just had white ones. So NFL shop fanatics, Bills, um, Buffalo Bills fans, everybody can go to hell. That's how I feel about the situation. But stay focused. Let's look at some numbers here, man. Josh Allen, 2,587 yards, passing 19 touchdowns. Also, this was all before. Wait, was this before Sunday? No, it was not. This was all updated stats. Um, 19 touchdowns, 5 interceptions with a QBR of 107.2. And he has the Buffalo Bills sitting at 6-2. and two. Uh, two games with. Oh, yeah. Okay, so look. Two games with two-plus touchdowns. And 400-plus yards, uh, notable wins over Seattle and New England. And this is the best season he's had of his young career. So I'm really, really impressed with Josh Allen in the position that he has put his team in this season. So I can't be more prouder than him because I really expect, I really wanted this for him. I love Josh Allen. I like the way he plays. I love his game. I'm a big fan of him and the Buffalo Bills, man. And once again, condolences to him. And his family for the loss of the grandmother. But, man, shout out to the Bills football, you know, the Bills mafia, man. Those table crashing, beer drinking, some guns are nuts. But they came together for a great cause and raised over $100,000 for the Children's Hospital uh, dedicated. Uh, this was all dedicated to Josh Allen's uh, late grandmother. So, yeah, shout out to them, man. Um, also staying in AFC, man, Pat Mahomes. I mean, we all know this. He's a reigning defense. Hold on. <clears throat> reigning defending, you know, uh, league MVP. Wait. Whoa. Super Bowl champion. Four MVP. Um, Mahomes, man, you know, 2,687 yards, 25 touchdowns, one interception, uh, QBR of 115.4 He uh, has the Chiefs sitting at 8-1 I mean we all know You know we, we know who Pat Mahomes is You know only four games under 300 yards He's just going to keep throwing and throwing um, Three games with four plus touchdowns And he's going to keep scoring and scoring Moving on to Russell Wilson 2,541 yards 28 touchdowns 8 interceptions Yikes. 107.1 QBR, 6-2, four games with four-plus touchdowns. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not really a fan of Russell Wilson this year. Simply, it's, it's the media has done this. The media has, the way that they have been doing things this year is making me look at certain players a different way. And I'm sorry that it's, how, that it's come to this. But I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not trying to be biased here, guys. I'm not trying to be biased. But you already know who I came into the season picking as MVP and who's my fourth MVP candidate as we, you know, two months into the season. Aaron Rodgers, 2,253 yards, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions, the 100, 100, uh, well, wow, 117.5 QBR. Uh, last year, 24 and 2 was his, you know, a couple years ago, that was his season stats. Um, around the same for last year. 
And we're already, we're only, you know, what was about to be week 10, and he's already on pace to double that, maybe. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a monster year. He's had a monster year. This was, this was his down year right here a couple years back. This was his quote-unquote down year. Um, we all know that Aaron Rodgers, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's the GOAT, in my opinion. He's the best that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Uh, you know, you look at Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I think throws that they make, be like, oh, Rodgers has been doing that for more than, you know, longer than them. Here's my thing. When we talk about, I, I, I don't care what sport it is, you guys know I put emphasis on most valuable. You ask yourself, who is the most valuable player on the team? And what value do they bring to that team? What's the difference between Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, compared to Aaron Rodgers? Weapons. Weapons. Aaron Rodgers, for years, has been doing more with less. More with less. Tom Brady gets credit for that all the time. In New England, they said, who is he throwing to? He's not throwing to anybody. Who, who's he been? Who's he thrown to over the years? Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, uh, Deion Branch, blah, blah, blah. All these guys, they act like that Randy Moss season didn't happen. But, you know, Brady was throwing to everybody, right? They give Brady all, of, all the credit in the world for that. So I'm going to do that this season. You look at Russell Wilson. He's got DK DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, a couple studs in the backfield. Uh, They have a tight end out there I like, too. Stat, solid, right? Look at Mahomes. He's got Travis Kelsey, Tariq Hill, um, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, a rookie in the backfield, Elaire in the backfield. Um, Who else was it on um, the Chiefs? I said Tariq. Oh, yeah, Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey. Sammy Walker's still there, right? Yeah, bro. They solid. And then you got Andy Reid there and Eric Bien. I mean, that's just that's, we already know that formula is just fire, right? But, you know, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, they're still throwing the football. They're still making the, the you know, making the throws, making everything happen. But it's who they're throwing it to and what they can do with the ball and what impact do they have on the game against other defenses you know when you go plan for these teams you're planning for travis Kelsey, you're planning for Tariq hill you're playing you know you know what i mean you're you're not just planning on defending one receiver when you talk about green bay you're, you're just looking at Devontae adams then you go to buffalo you got stefan diggs you got um brown you got cole beasley uh, i like those tight ends out there too and then you got singletary in the backfield so another offense with multiple, multiple weapons that are known, you know, legitimately known. So I just think that Rodgers has been doing more with less. And that's why, to me, his numbers hold more weight than everybody else's numbers. That's just my opinion. But all these guys have been playing insane out of their mind football. And I'm not taking anything away. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't look. I wouldn't mind anybody on this list winning MVP, honestly. But I would like, if I had to pick, of course I'm going to go with Rodgers. But if it's not Rodgers, I would love to see how Josh Allen finishes the season. I would love to see Josh Allen bring an MVP trophy home. Home. Home to up there to Buffalo, man. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely be riding with Josh Allen as my MVP pick if I had to vote. Um, Let's see. So, let's go to, let's, let's talk about a little bit of the, the media's perception on certain things, certain players, certain certain situations, and everything like that. Um, since we're talking about the media and the MVP, so I want to read. I you, look if you know me, you know I hate I hate Colin Cord. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate him. Can't stand him. He's the worst. So let's just read a couple tweets here. This was after the Bucks and Packers game, the blowout. Colin says, Tom Brady is a baller. Aaron Rodgers is a bailer. When the going gets tough, Rodgers bails. This is now Green Bay's identity. When you punch them, they fold. This is what Colin Cora said after the Bucks beat the Packers. Here's what he had to say after the Saints absolutely beat the hell out of the Buccaneers on national television. Here's what he said. What was that from Tampa? 
This was a coaching miss. Uh, this was a coaching mismatch. A coaching mismatch. A coaching mismatch. So Brady didn't bail because it looked like he bailed to me. He was just shit, somebody gonna get it. Like bro, he wasn't. He Brady didn't look good at all last uh, Sunday night, bro. He didn't look good. He looked old. He looked old. So Brady gets the dog crap beat out of him. He blames the um the the coaching and the the schemes and all that. No blame for Mr. Brady, right? But when when it happened to Rodgers and the Packers, it was strictly Aaron Rodgers lost this game. And I heard a lot of that. Pissed me off, by the way. So from then, you know, I heard I watched Chris Sims and Tony Dungy came for Russell Wilson and, and on live television right on my TV uh, Sunday night when they were talking about his bad game. Look, man, these quarterbacks are going to have bad games. This is the same thing I, I say when we talk about Lamar and him and, and him losing to Mahomes and, you know, certain games. The media cannot wait to jump on these guys, man. They can't wait. They can't wait. And there are certain guys that they just won't do it. They're not going to jump on Brady. Certain guys in the media aren't going to jump on Brady. They're not going to jump on Russell Wilson for some reason. But Lamar, if Lamar was throwing the picks that Russell Wilson was throwing on Sunday, he would be in the ground. The media would bury bury him. Bury him. Bury him. Same thing with Rodgers. For some reason, man, certain guys are just acquitted of a certain judgment. So here's what they said. He throws picks because he has to put the team on his back because he – his defense is bad. Call that man a one-man band. I already told you guys about the, the the weapons that he has, but all of a sudden now Russell Wilson is just doing it by himself, just cooking on his own. Ain't nobody, no assistant chefs. Just let Russ cook. Get the hell out my face. Get out my face. I want to hear that. So if Russell can't be blamed for his losses, right, because the defense, uh, you know, the defense does that man you know, so, you know, that, 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 that is a wow. Hold on. <laughs> I can't speak English again. Does that mean we discredit him for his success with the Legion of Boom? Let me ask you again. So, if Russell can't be blamed for his losses because of the, you know, because of the defense. Does that mean we discredit him for his success with the Legion of Boom? This is a guy who won two rings, should have been three. With arguably the best defense of the 2010s. Right? So the point I'm trying to make here. Is don't kill one guy. And cape for another. You know don't kill. Don't kill Aaron Rodgers. When his whole team can't show up. Don't kill Lamar Jackson. When his whole team can't show up. And then cape for Russell Wilson. And cape for Tom Brady. When the exact same thing happens to them. That's that's all I'm saying here. That's all I'm saying. You know, Wilson loses to a good Bills team whose defense, like I said, has not been that great all year. And all of a sudden he he, he has to put the team on his back. That's what that's the narrative we're trying to create here. You know, Rogers is like I said, man, Rogers has been doing more with less over the last ten years, man. You know, man the hell up. I don't want to hear that. Man the hell up. If, if 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 that's really the situation out there in Seattle, then 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 show me something, Russ. Show me something. Show me why you deserve to be the MVP. You guys talk about Russ for MVP, but not throwing those interceptions, he won't be. No way. Gotta take care of the football. You know, gotta take care of the football. You got to. Not very MVP like performance from Mr. Russell Wilson, Sierra's husband. That's all I was gonna say about that. That's all I had to say. That's all I had to say. Now, let's see. Where we at, man? Where we at? We almost, what, almost 50 minutes in. I think that's all we got for football, man. I think it's time to move to boxing. Yes, yeah, moving on quite a long. All right, we're going, we got some things to get through for boxing, and I'm going to get you guys out of here on this good Tuesday. And I believe... I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. 
50 minutes in, I didn't expect this to go this far. Because I kind of want to save. Nah, I ain't no need to save it to Friday. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep pushing. That's just me being me. Ignore me. We're going to keep pushing. Let's get this box of stuff done, man. Let me get you guys out of here. So let's recap. Javonta Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz, man. Good fight. I enjoyed the fight. That day was great for me. I enjoyed my day. I had a good day that day. Great, great day. So let's see. Let's look at the, let's look at a couple things here with the fight itself. So all the judges had it 48 to 47 in favor of Tank heading heading into the sixth round. And I agree. I thought the fight was very close. I thought that before the sixth round, before the knockout, that uh Leo Santa Cruz was in the fight. I thought it was a dog fight. I thought it was a dog fight, and it was a, and that's what I knew it would be. I I said this to you guys, you know, Leo, Leo Santa Cruz is a volume puncher. He's gonna he's gonna throw punches at a very high rate, and they're gonna keep coming. And you know, he might not knock you out, but he's gonna touch you. And he was catching he was catching Tanky, not you know, um, mouse his eye all up, um, got him off his game a little bit to the point where Tank you know slammed him on the canvas. Um, you know, he 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 got in his head a little bit. Um, I don't think that. I think that the first wave of, you know, the first onslaught um, from Leo Santa Cruz kind of threw Tank off, and then he fi- he figured it out. He had to figure it out. That's all he had to do is boxing, baby. It's chess, not checkers. It's sweet science. Um, it's a sweet science. So I think that Leo Santa Cruz showed up and showed out to a certain extent and gave Tank, you know, the test that I needed to see him pass. You know, when we say guys, you know, you, in football we say, you know, you can't you can't choose who you line up against. You know you line up. You gotta be you you play who you play. Um, in boxing you fight who you fight. Um, promoters and all that stuff goes into it. You can't all these guys aren't necessarily picking their opponents. So you look at Tank's track record. Who he's fought and you know you know how those fights went. You know this was his biggest biggest test in Leo Santa Cruz, and he passed with flying colors. Um. You know, of course, we saw Leo press the issue and make Tank. He made Tank fight, made him mix it up, made him box. Really did make him box, which was good. Made him try to, you know, work. He has to work. Tank has to work on his defense, though. Got to work on his defense. But, um, you know, after, you know, getting frustrated and all, Tank regrouped and stayed the course, man. And then he was just setting that left. He was setting that left up once or twice each round, trying to get it to go through. Trying to figure out when he was going to throw the the uppercut that Leo did not see coming. He backed him up into the corner. Just boom. Sent him to God. Sent him to God, man. Good night. Good night. And all that showed me was that Tank could compete with anybody at 135. For sure. That that power is something, man. That power is something else, bro. It is It is vicious. It's vicious. At any moment, the fight could be over. That's the type of power he has. That's the type of power he has, man. He put Leo to sleep. I knockout of the year one, but I haven't seen nothing like that since Canelo knocked um, Amir Khan out. Like the way Leo fell, and he was really good night, sweet dreams. Like tuck him in, he sleep. Like that's how bad that was, bro. That was that was really bad. All right, then after the fight, you know, everybody's saying that piece. We've got a couple haters, though. Gary Russell Jr., he's irrelevant. Don't care what the hell he has to say. But Mr. Devin Haney, the email champion, the Twitter champion, the, the paper champion, uh, the, the, the fake WBC title holder, because I don't, at this point, man, the WBC don't exist to me. Don't exist to me. We're going to get to them soon, though. We're going to get to them after this. So they had some beef on Twitter. Let's go run the tweets. Let's go run the tweets, see what we have here. Um, hold on, guys. Bear with me. Bear with me. Let me find the tweets. And now you know it's bad when we're on Twitter. You know what I mean? We, we, we shouldn't be doing this. We should not be doing this. But, you know, this is the, this is the time, the era we live in, man, the social media era. Um, let's see where we at with it. Where we at with it? Hold on. I'm on the shade room, ladies and gentlemen. That's where the, all the action was. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, man. RP 
Alex Trebek and rest in peace, King Vaughn, man. Definitely forgot to forgot to mention that. All right, so Devin Haney posted a video of Gamboa landing some punches on Javante Davis. All right, cool, whatever. Landing some punches, who cares? And then Javante says, hold up. Oh, boy, posted me. Just know I made more money than you last night. And the other two people that fought the other night all put together. Clowns. My daughter hit harder than old boy. Grow up. Oh, flea bum at. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to say that. But, yeah. Um, And don't make me hurt your feelings about old girl, too. But I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Wow. Relax. Wow. Um, that boy Devin Haney said, I'm getting millions at 21. Goofy, how much you made at 21? 30K? They say everything, but let's fight. Uh, that little fat boy hate me and fear me at the same time. How you making money? Then Tank said, how you making money for cars you um, and your cars not paid for? That's tough. All right. So, boxing-wise... Boxing wise, I'm not just I'm not I'm not talking about the the the, the, the chit chat and all that, but boxing. Tank stopped Gamboa in the twelfth. Devin Haney went all twelve with him, and in a fight that could have went either way. So says lots of people. I personally don't don't think Devin Haney is good, um, and I think Tank beats him. But as far as the social media stuff, that don't. You know, I don't really look too deep into that. You know, guys, you know, guys talk talk trash all the time, but it ain't that deep for me. It ain't that deep for me. But what is deep, very deep actually, is Canelo Alvarez, man. That boy is a free agent now. Free agent. Like free to do whatever he wants to do. Um he got away from the zone and golden boy. The announcement came over the weekend. He is officially a free agent and can do anything. I don't see him signing with anybody. Honestly, I think he fights as a free agent and just freelances, man. He just makes all the money and makes all the best fights happen. Um, he's already ready to try to get back in the ring next month. Uh, looking to go up against Caleb Plant, which should be a good fight. Getting, you know, like I said, he he never stopped training, so should be a good one. But let's look at some things here, man. The Zone's top ten most streamed events in 2019 included three boxing matches. Two of them were Canelo fights. The Zone's roster is full of Canelo's victims, YouTube stars, and a paper champion. Canelo was obviously the face of boxing to a you know to a certain crowd. I think Canelo's the face of boxing. I think that's you know when we talk boxing today, the Canelo's name is coming up. Um, he's the cash cow. He took multiple belts away and opportunities for fights away from the Zone and Golden Boy. Um, outside of Canelo, the only other golden um, golden boy on Golden Boy is Ryan Garcia. Um, I look at Golden Boy like Def Jam um, in the mid '90s before they signed before Leo signed DMX. Like that's how I look at Golden Boy. They just of the past. Um, they're not. They're not of today. You know what I mean? They're just not. They're not cool. They're not cool anymore. Um, so Canelo is fight to fight. Um, he's free to fight anywhere. Anybody, um, like I said, you know, he's already talking about Caleb Plant, but I'm happy for him, man, because it's like, like, you look at the way Dana White does the UFC guys, like, those guys ain't getting paid. Then you look at the way Delahoya move, he moves shady, and they both hate each other, but they move in similar rate, in similar ways to a certain extent. So, I'm happy to see Canelo break away. That's like, you know, Wayne getting away from Birdman and Money Man, no, F Wayne, we're not talking about Wayne. Money man getting the hell away from Birdman and and uh being successful on his own as an independent artist. I would like to see you know Canelo be his own own representation with his manager and see the best fights get made for him. You know what I mean? And we don't have to see him fight Triple G or fight some U, uh UFC people. Like no man, just the best versus the best. Like next year, I would like to see him and a Charlo brother. I would like to see that. I would definitely like to see that. So yeah, man, shout out to Canelo. For breaking free of the grips of the zone and golden boy. Um, I think that's all I got for you guys, man. I don't, I don't think I have much more. I think that's it. Um, I think we did a solid hour today, so that's good money, good work, good, good, good work. Uh, let's see. Now for the rest of the month, the rest of the year, I'm going to be co completely honest with you. I 
Don't know what the schedule is about to look like. I can tell you this. I think I will be back on Friday. But after this week, we may be looking at Tuesday and Fridays. And, you know, it'll be subject to change, whether it'll be a one or two two show week um, finishing out the year. Um, I don't plan on doing anything else new to close out the year. Um, I don't plan on, you know, introducing new shows, new segments, nothing like that to finish the year. Um, That'll be 2021. Right, 2021. But um, what I can say is, man, make sure you guys get some merch uh, at the Electrified store. You know, hit the link in my bio. Listen to, you know, oh, yeah, man. Thank you guys for holding it down over these last couple of weeks um, while I've been gone dealing with my own things. Uh, I saw that the numbers were still going up. You guys were still listening. Um, so I appreciated that. Thank you guys for tapping in. Thank you guys for being patient with me um, and not, you know, not turning on the boy. Um, let's see, let's see, man. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Shout out to the listeners, subscribers, all that good stuff, man. Make sure you follow the podcast, you know, social media at Electrified Pod for all the updates, all that good stuff. Um, like I said, man, go get you some merch. Um, that's it, and that's all, man. That's all I got for you guys, man. So finally, for the 107th time, wow, wow. See, I knew I was gonna mess up. <laughs> finally, for the 117th time, I'm Eric Lyons. You have just been Electrified.